This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? It's Monday, April 4th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Nick Costco. We have an exciting conversation for you today as we welcome in former Penn State linebacker Brandon Bell to discuss his career with the Nittany Lions, his career in the NFL as well, and also what he thinks of the program moving forward under James Franklin. Fun fact, though, I actually played against Brandon in high school football down here in South Jersey. If you can believe that, obviously his career went one way, and mine went the media route immediately. As you can tell, I did not play against him in college as well. Great conversation with him coming up. Here's my conversation with Brandon Bell. Pleased to be joined now by Brandon Bell, Penn State alum, former linebacker in the NFL as well. Brandon, thanks for joining me, man. It's, been, it's an absolute pleasure, of course. You know, me and you, South Jersey represent, of course. You can't, can't forget about that. But uh, I wanted to get into what you were doing now. You look at your career as a football player, a couple years in the NFL, quick stint in the X- XFL as, uh, as well. What are you up to now? Plans of playing football in the future, or is it time to you know hang up the cleats, put the helmet on the shelf, and uh, just talk about old, oh, you know, the good old days at this point? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the good old days at this point. Uh, like you said, I'm done, man. Done playing myself, and I'm looking to kind of you know transition into this me the same media broadcast world in the sports entertainment or just entertainment industry so that's kind of where my head is now and trying to keep it pushing moving forward so let's take a look back at your nfl career and again a couple years with the cincinnati Bengals. of course you get your uh, short xfl stint as well what what do you take away from your experience in the nfl of course you were undrafted coming out of penn state i mean penn state fans remember you for how for how well you were able to rack up tackles and be one of the leaders on that penn state defense the linebacker position but uh, give the fans a bit of an intake of a look back at your NFL career and what you took out of it. Yeah, I think what I took out of it is just, you know, hard work and um, determination. You know, there's different levels to it. The guys that are great, great Hall of Famers, you know, that's a totally different grind. You know, you learn to appreciate it and you see why guys are great. I learned what it took, what I took to get to that point and uh, hopefully can um, instill that in some of the younger guys that, hey, it's, it's glitz and glamour, but it takes hard work and uh, a lot of things to go right to make it to the top like that. What did you find was the biggest transition when you went from Penn State to the Cincinnati Bengals? And again, you didn't, you weren't drafted. So you know, a lot of these guys who were undrafted, they either say, you know what, it's not good enough for me. I'm not gonna, really going to make it. But you, you were on the roster for two years in Cincinnati. What, what was your biggest takeaway from going to the college game, to the pros in just a span of months? And again, you were undrafted, so it's not like yeah. you had a long leash. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's cutthroat, man. It's cutthroat. And, you know, everyone always says the NFL is grown men. So just when it came to, you know, on the field, it's grown men out there throwing their bodies around. And it's 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 the best in the world for a reason. It doesn't get any better. 
So let's go back in time a little bit now to your time at Penn State. Yeah, I, I want to dig into your recruiting days as well. You know, you're coming from Oakcrest High School down here in South Jersey. For those who don't know, it's down in Atlantic yep. County, so we're near the Atlantic 12. City area. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it, actually, a fun fact: you and I actually played against each yes, other. Now yeah, again, we did. I was a lot, I was a lot smaller <laughs> than you were, and you know, if I tried to block you, uh, chances are my running back at EHC was going to get blown <laughs> up in the backfield. But <laughs> hey, I live right across the border. Of EHT, thirty more steps. I could have been an eagle. Instead of a <laughs> if I if, if I show if I show this to the local guys, they're gonna be oh my god, he should he should just move you know ten feet yeah. down the street. <laughs> but going back to your recruiting days, it, what was it like for you as a recruit and to get recruited by Penn State again? You know, South Jersey, it's a, it's a weird area almost because. Half the guys go to Rutgers, half mm. the guys go to Penn State, some other Pennsylvania schools. They go completely out of state, or you don't see as much D1 talent as maybe you do now nowadays going across the country yeah. from this area. But back, you know, back then it was only about what five, six, maybe we're talking about <laughs> seven, eight years ago now at this point. What was it like for you as a recruit knowing that Penn State was on was, was on you and wanted you on campus? It was awesome. That was an awesome feeling. So kind of going to what you were said, how the area is to me, always, you know, you compare it to North Jersey, they've got some perennial powerhouses, you know, Don Bosco's and those types. So you see a lot of D1 prospects. We've always seen that. South Jersey, there's not so many perennial uh, powerhouses like that. There's a lot of small schools that have some good players. I've always had good players. It's the notoriety is definitely out there now. So when Penn State and these schools were coming to, you know, Oakcrest campus, that had me kind of on cloud nine. And that was a dream come true. But you never seen it happen. So this was the first time experiencing hearing about things. And I was able to talk to the kids getting recruited about how it goes now. But at the time, everything was new to me. It was awesome. It was, you know, I was thanking God for every opportunity. And um, eventually, you know, Penn State fell in love with him. And you had an interesting transition at Penn State because James Franklin, the current head coach now, he wasn't there your freshman year. He came in in 2014, your second year. So go back to that. What was that transition like when Franklin came in your second year, knowing that he was not a guy that initially recruited you? How did things change from year one to year two? You know, that was a tough time period. A lot of things were in the air with Penn State, and that was difficult. Uh, hearing a lot of different names, what coaches were coming in. And then, you know, there were some thoughts of, you know, do I put my foot out there? But ultimately, James Franklin came. We were super appreciative, and obviously, with the success, we became more super appreciative. And um, it was hard. I had a lot to prove. I had to prove myself, at least, you know, to the new coaches and because I didn't necessarily play that much as a freshman. So nothing, everyone earned everything there uh, under Franklin, and it seems to still go that way. You went from you know, playing sparingly, as you said, as a freshman. You started 10 games the very next year, the first year under Franklin. So, uh, And again, it was different because Bill O'Brien, your former head coach, mm -hmm. ended up going to the NFL, coached the Houston Texans. What were the main differences you saw between Bill O'Brien, who's now back in the college game, as the offensive coordinator over at Alabama. What yeah. were the main differences you saw from year one to year two when you were under O'Brien and all of a sudden Franklin takes over the program after coming in from Vanderbilt? Yeah, there was definitely – he brought a lot more energy to the building, and that's just naturally who he is. And it turned, you know, to do, uh, do us well. I think we needed that. To where Bill, Bill O'Brien was a little bit more laid back, kind of, you know, older, X's nose strictly. You know, guys love each coach, and obviously Franklin is going to be there for quite a long time. So guys still love him, and he gets – he's one of those coaches that can – get the best out of a young man, not just on the field, you know, off the field and everything you're doing. But obviously, I think that's what, um, you know, players seem to gravitate towards him. 
before we get into the breakout year of, uh, in 2016, which was your best year on the field and, of course, the best year for the team during your time there, you mentioned how James Franklin's going to be there for a long time. Of course, he signed that 10-year extension right after Mel Tucker at Michigan <laughs> State signed his 10-year extension. Yeah. So in general, what did you make of contract extensions like that? And, uh, and obviously, in second uh, second part of the question, when you look at James Franklin, who was your coach at Penn State, what do you make of him getting that long-term deal despite, and we'll get into it later, of course, some of the struggles on the field during the 2021 season? I think, um, you know, as far as Franklin, it was great. It was great to see, you know, the university has your back. So go out there and, you know, get the job done. He started something here, uh, had tremendous success. And, you know, it doesn't happen often in college football, but give a guy the chance to get the big one, you know, instead of several ties and kind of have to start over with a whole new coach. So I love that decision, and I think it's going to fare well for for us in the Penn State Nation. We'll take a quick break, and on the other side, we'll get more of Brandon Bell's thoughts on his career at Penn State, of course, the team moving forward. Keep it locked here listening to the College Football Daily. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So give me your thoughts now as we transition from your first two years. Of course, you go from Bill O'Brien to James Franklin, Brandon. Then your junior year in 2015, things start to pick up a little bit. But Penn State fans, they remember that 2016 season, of course. Big Ten champions. You guys also beat Ohio State as well. It seemed like everything just broke right that year. Uh, <laughs> Penn State that year, 11-3 and overall. Due to the tiebreak, you guys got into the Big Ten Championship. No college football playoff, which I know some people still argue yeah. for Penn State to get to the playoff back in 2016. But take me back first to that Ohio State game. Ohio State was number two in the country. It's at mm-hmm. Penn State. So raucous crowd. At least just take it back to what that atmosphere was like. 2016, Penn State, Ohio State. Uh, I'll just tell you this. It doesn't get any better than that. You hear Kerb Herbstreit. He's he's an Ohio State guy, and he says it every year. Repost a video, the whiteout, the music, whatever's playing. You got the drones, the fireworks. Man, there's nothing like it in football on this world. I'll just say that. I know I'm biased, but uh, going back to the Ohio State game, my first memory comes up is my boy Jason Cabenda. We're both injured. It's going to be the first game back. He uh, stated it uh, to the fans out in front of the uh, stadium uh, during the week that we're going to beat Ohio State. The cameras, you know, the media ate it all up. But that just was our confidence that year. And I think ultimately that proved to be like our thing. It didn't matter what was going on, how many touchdowns were down, who's number two in the nation, big battle, Ohio State. It didn't matter. We were confident and that that you know pushed us through a lot of those games, a lot of those moments. 
Because you guys were 4-2 and two going into that game. Home game, primetime TV, middle of October. It really doesn't get any better than that. And from there, you guys were in the middle of a two-game winning streak already. But you guys ended up, after that game, winning out until mm-hmm. the Rose Bowl. But during that game against Ohio State, the biggest moment had to be that block field goal, return for a touchdown. The place explodes. I mean, yeah. there, there was probably an earthquake when they measured out the amount of noise that stadium generated. Take me back to that exact moment where you were on the field, what happened on that block field goal that ultimately led to that win over Ohio State? Yes, sir. Salute to uh, Grant Haley, who scooped and scored, and obviously Marcus, uh, who blocked it. I was on the field. I was, you know, I was on the man side, not, not the block side. So I remember just getting off the ball. You know, you're supposed to point at your guy, the tight end or the O-line, extra lineman. And you can just see from my peripheral, just height. And Marcus is up there, and then boom, you hear the block, and the stadium makes a certain noise to where it's like, oh, shoot, what happened? What happened? And next thing you know, I see Grant, somebody scrambling off, and everybody's just running, and he freaking took it to the house. Ohio State had one of the fastest kickers in the country, he had to be, because he was on his heels. <laughs> but um, and Grant's not a slow guy. He's a 4-4, four, 4-3 four, four, guy. But he made it in there, and you know he's he's cemented in history for that. So you guys win that one, 24-21. You guys, after that, you guys are now jumping up in the rankings, crack the top 25 the next week. You beat Purdue, Iowa, Indiana, my alma mater, of course, Rutgers, Michigan State. And then comes the Big Ten Championship game because you you guys had the win over Ohio State, had the tiebreaker that year. Already had the two losses, unfortunately, which ultimately kept you out of the of the college football playoff mm-hmm. due to the loss to Pittsburgh and Michigan, who was in the top four at the time when you guys lost mm-hmm. them in Ann Arbor. That Big Ten championship, you know, people talk about Ohio State winning the Big Ten. It's usually, you know, everyone say, oh, it's, it's Ohio State, mm-hmm. it's Wisconsin. Those are the two teams. Just meet, just put them in the championship East game West, already. Yeah. Or, 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 or even Northwestern over the past couple of years. But this year, of course, Michigan goes on to win it over Iowa in a different year, maybe a changing of the mm-hmm. guard for at least a season. But you guys were almost the lone exception up to the time because Ohio State was so dominant coming out of the Big Ten East. So take me back to what what was it like knowing that, wow, we beat Ohio State head-to-head, and all of a sudden, you guys are in the Big Ten title game, and you're playing for the conference championship. What was that like? Man, that was beautiful. This was, for me at least, this was only the second championship, third championship in my life. I was, you know, over in all of them, you know, Little League, the high school. So for me, it was ultimately like another chance to win a championship. And this is the biggest champ, one of the biggest championships you now ever be in. So and then as a captain of the team, it was another chance, opportunity to go out there and um, improve that Penn State is is a big, bad wolf, too, man. And you look at that game going back to it. Wisconsin's up 28 to 14 at halftime. What was the message in the locker room from James Franklin saying, no, no, you got, you know, you guys were down two scores. Mm-hmm. People are thinking, all right, Wisconsin's about to run away with this game. And you guys end up, you guys end up winning 38 31. What was that? What was the halftime message in that locker room when you guys were down by two scores to the Badgers? Yeah, that was uh, not where we seen ourselves, but we had been on a second half team, you know, on that run you spoke of. So we were pretty calm, cool, collective. Coach Franklin gave a calm, cool, collective, you know, got to go out there and just do what we're coached to do and, you know, go out there and fight. Wasn't too much rah, 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 uh, except for Naeem. Um, Everyone's seen a video. He was injured, couldn't play. He had the most, you know, yelling going on. And uh, but we we took it all in and obviously we went out there and executed. And you guys even shut them out in the fourth quarter, which as a linebacker, I know you could take a lot of pride in. You guys end up winning 38-31, your Big Ten champions. Unfortunately, you lose the Rose Bowl to USC, an absolute shootout, a classic. Just real quick, I, 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 again, I know it was a loss ultimately in the history books, but 52-49, I mean, that, that, that had to be insane. I know 
people are going to say, well, it wasn't much defense play. Defense always plays. You, I mean, you could still lay the wood. You could still cause a no, fumble. Interception, all that stuff. Well, what was the Rose Bowl experience? Like? I mean, again, that's probably a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity as well, despite yeah. the loss. Yeah, it was. It was. And I'll just quickly say there was defense for sure, but there was just, you know, college football greatness on offense going on. You know, Saquon Barkley had – our Saquon had one of, I think, one of the best performances thrown in there somewhere. Godwin, Trace, and then Sam Darnold and Juju Smith and all those guys. That was exceptional offense. But that was, like you said, that was a once in a lifetime granddaddy of them all. That was, you know, middle school. Like you said, we're in high school playing football. You, you watch that on TV. You just dream of being there, playing there in that game. So to be in it, I remember I was recording everything as a senior. or I still have videos just taking everything in. But um, and then to play USC there, pretty much a home game for them. That was pretty cool because they were pretty cocky and confident. But, you know, our fans travel well. So we had a whole bunch of, you know, blue and white out there, too. So it was a it was a college football dream. Now that you transition to this next part of your you know, basically your career, you go from the NFL, uh, you have a short stint in the XFL. You were on the Carolina Panthers uh, practice squad as well. Then you uh, actually played for the Seattle Dragons in the XFL, yeah. which who knows, maybe they'll come back. Maybe they'll entice you to come back out of retirement. You know what I mean? But as far, as far as what you look at Penn State, what they are, what they are right now, Hot start last year, bad start in the, or bad ending in the second half of the year in 2021. Where do you think this program goes from here? As we talked about before, Franklin has the 10-year contract extension. He's there for the long term. Penn State is obviously buying into him and trying to make this team a perennial Big Ten contender, try to finally get to the college football playoff. Where do you see this program's trajectory over the next year, over the next five years, and ultimately maybe the length of James Franklin's contract over the next decade? I see it only going up. Uh, like you said, not a not too hot of a finish uh, to the season, but I think kind of going back to the Ohio State conversation we were having, you know, you got to compete with those guys and it comes to terms of the East Division and uh, the Big Ten. So you start, you know, recruiting, getting these five stars and obviously churning out, you know, production. I think that's what any team obviously fights for. And I think what uh, Penn State has coming in the future. So if they can compete and beat Ohio State, you know, Split, split. The, um, we want to beat them every time, but we know they're a big dog. But split, you know, some wins, and then you're playing in the Big Ten more. You're playing in the Big Ten more, and you get a shot to get in the playoffs. So I think it's possible, and I'm definitely hopeful. Brandon Bell joining me on the College Football Daily. Brandon, where can people find you on social media? I am on Twitter and Instagram at underscore underscore B Bell. That's B B E L L. We love it. Brandon Bell, thanks for joining me, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, I, ca- I can't say go Penn State. I'm a Rutgers alum. <laughs> can't do it, but I can say at least you're representing good old Atlantic County down here yes, in southern Atlanta. New Jersey. <laughs> appreciate it, man. Great conversation with Brandon Bell. Wish him all the best in the future. And, of course, got to represent southern New Jersey as always. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Nick. Costco 59 N-I-C-K-K-O-S-K-O-5-9 on Twitter and Instagram as well. Give Brandon Bell a follow as well on all social media platforms. Be sure to like, download, and subscribe to the College Football Daily wherever you may get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in today, everybody. We'll see you next time right here on the College Football Daily.